So the NRL Supercoach All-Stars Podcast, this is Barnsley, back again with three rounds remaining, end of the season already for Supercoach, we've just had the first week of the head-to-head finals, and after a couple of weeks of champions, we've got the people's champion, Billy Marion, back on again. Billy, how have you been going the last couple of weeks, buddy? I had a um, 15-22 last week, which managed to get me done in my head-to-head, but um, <laughs> don't play head-to-head, so <laughs> it was all good, mate, just... Um, I'd be rising up the, the ladder and then just trying to finish off strong. Are you in uh, many head-to-head comps as far as cash comps or, or not really? No, no, no. That's what I meant, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm in about six head-to-head comps, but they're just um, uh, mates, mates just sort of going to sort of more overall. We don't really sort of pay attention to the head-to-head, but I, I just went in and have a look at my score and just realised I think get someone who was on close to 1,600 and I thought, wow, imagine getting done by that in the cashy. <laughs> it was a pretty big week, actually. Like, I was a bit surprised. Like, I, I only just hit the 1,400 mark and, to be honest, like, there wasn't much more that I could have done. Like, I ended up captaining Teddy and I was going to captain Cleary all week but I ended up changing and ended up with the C on Teddy, which worked out well. But really, I only had, like, three poor players. Like, I had... Crichton got 22, which was absolutely terrible. But other than that, you know, I had Seabase 40 and kickouts 40-odd, and then everybody else was really good. So I couldn't have really scored that much better. And I had a few tons in there too. So, geez, there were some monsters out there. Yeah, it was um, nice to load up on Panthers. And I know it's painful for the other few out there, but it was not... It was nice to see Crichton actually do what he's supposed to do, score 33 points without a try for a change. <laughs> well, it wasn't nice for the owners. So are you still focusing on on your overall then a little bit, or are you kind of just looking at your head-to-heads and having fun for a few weeks? No, no, just overall, mate. Cool, cool. Well, there's a lot to talk about for this TLT. I'll probably just say to everyone, we're going to go through TLT as normal. We're not going to do a strategy segment or anything this week, and probably... For the next few weeks, the episode will probably be a little bit shorter, just because there's a lot less to talk about, um, and it's a lot more strategic, where now it's more about just trading in guys for your matchups each week, really, um, both matchups for classic, and then both matchups for your head-to-heads, just to try and get a point of difference on your opponents and stuff. So we've gone through a bit of strategy the last few weeks. Uh, just going to go through straight TLT tonight. Um, there is quite a few changes, though, so it is a bit of a, a carnage week. Uh, and there's some teams that are really going to struggle the wrong point of the season to be struggling. Let's talk about the first game of the, the round, though. We've got the West Tigers versus the Rabbits on the Thursday night. With the West Tigers, uh, it's actually no changes to the 17. So we've still got Russell Packer and Josh Reynolds in the extended bench, so they can maybe go at halftime. We'll wait and see how we go. But the Rabbitohs, they've got a couple of changes. So Gagai is named to return. Paulo's the guy that makes way. A lot of people have been playing him, and he's actually been going pretty well. Stephen Masters gets gets to keep his job, which is good, because he's looked fantastic. We've got Liam Knight starting at prop, and other than that, there isn't really much else happening, aside from Kalam Matangi, who is a bit of an AE nightmare, potentially, um, needing to pass HI protocols to play in this one against uh, the West Tigers. So let's start off with the Tigers first. Um, as far as the top 10 most traded in and out, there isn't really anyone that features on Market Watch, uh, and that's 
pretty close to the mark for the Tigers all year. There's only one guy that's really worth talking about, and I see that he's just kept crept into the top 10 now, actually, just tonight, and that's David Nofaluma. So, Billy, Nofo, I know that we both own. It's probably more of a shout-out now than anything because we've spoken about him quite a bit. But I guess one of the things to talk about is um, me, you, uh, certainly Des, definitely Paul Wilford, who's been hammered about some of his articles about maybe considering selling Nofo about a month ago. Uh, We all sort of thought that Nofo had a bit of a tough run coming up. Um, and it wasn't going to be the worst to kind of, you know, cash out that 650, use a couple hundred grand elsewhere and make an astute buy to replace him for the last month of footy. Hasn't really panned out that way, uh, which often happens with guys that are as good as Nofo. He threw up 120 against Manly on the weekend in an absolute masterclass performance with a couple of tries. 71 the week before, 68 the week before, and 134 versus the Bulldogs. So all of a sudden he's gone 120-plus in two out of his last four games. And he's coming up against the South Sydney side that's red hot, but some of these outside backs of theirs are a little bit inexperienced. So, uh, I mean, do you think that Nofo is just going to keep on going now? Oh, versus South Sydney, yeah. He's, he's a bloke. He's, he's a bloke who does some 40 points, kind of worst case scenario. I know exactly where you're coming from. Um, I agree with you and Will from Desi, but it was a possible sell sort of two weeks ago. You just need to take go and reflect on that game versus the Chooks when he was pretty much on to the you know, 35 points with 10 seconds ago, he snuck over the line to get himself to that 70. So, got very, very lucky as an owner for that for that game. So, um, you, you can't exactly uh, blame yourself making the wrong call there. That was just a 50 50 flip flip the coin, mate. But um, I, would, I wouldn't be selling him against the Manly or South. I'd sort of keep him this week. But if he came up against Chooks next week at Storm, I'd, I'd think twice about playing him. Yeah, his, his next two rounds after the South one this week is Melbourne and Para. Um, so, South Melbourne Parrot isn't the best draw coming up. Um, he has still done pretty well, though. He's gone 68 and 71 against the Chooks and Penrith before last week's performance. But I will say, like, there has been, um, you know, the last four weeks he's scored a try. It's been five weeks since he hasn't scored a try. And in the last eight weeks, he's scored seven out of eight of those weeks. So, he's on an absolute try scoring frenzy. 670k with a 62 BE. Uh, I'm really happy that I kept him, but I'll put to you that I'm, I actually think that it's still, uh, a selling opportunity next week because he's playing the Storm. And I think Storm and Power for the last two weeks, you can definitely, you know, use that cash and go, you know, a nofo to someone decent at 500k and then, you know, get a really good upgrade somewhere else as well. So I think it's still on the cards. Um, there's people that are buying him this week. I mean, would, would you be buying him this week? I mean, I kind of, Think that if you're going to buy him, it was more a month ago. Yeah, but um, yeah, but I think as a three-game average, I, I've got no concerns with him sort of scoring half decent this week versus the rest of the rabbits. And um, the the Eel, Eels Tigers games are always sort of high-scoring affairs. It doesn't matter who the loser is; they always put on some twenty, twenty-four points. So, if anyone, given the bloke is the highest averaging centre quarter at the moment, and he, he's on a streak. I don't think you can't put it past him that he's not going to score versus of the years, mate. So I would just take the uh, two out of the three games and hope he does something that maybe falls over the line or at least punches a sort of 50 in base versus the rest of the storm. So if you don't know him, I don't see any reason why you, why you shouldn't get him now, particularly once now that he's got that Chooks game out of the way. Yeah, fair enough, Call. Cool. I mean, I guess um, at the end of the day, you could always bench him next week uh, and most teams should have five or six centre wings that they can rotate around. So... 
you could always do that and then just play him against power in that in that final round. I am a bit concerned about next week, I'll admit, but um, look, he, he has been an absolute beast. So if they are going to score a try, it seems like the, he's the most likely in the Tigers' side. Yeah, mate. Um, yeah, agree with that. Aside from that, uh, in this Rabideau side, uh, there's a, a couple of different options here that we've spoken about plenty of times before. Damien Cook's become pretty popular at the moment, but we won't go into him again. He's obviously a good option. There's some more potish options that we've spoken about before in this rabbit side, though, one of them being Cody Walker uh, a few weeks ago. He's gone on absolute tear. And we've spoken about Cameron Murray ad nauseum, and neither of us were really that big on him. But one guy that we haven't actually spoken about, and I do want to give a bit of a shout-out to because I think he's been going fantastic, is a guy that's only owned by, like, (laughs) 1% of teams. And that's Campbell Graham. So Campbell Graham is currently quite expensive. He's 568000 I will say, though, since we just spoke about David Nofaluma, that one of the reasons why I would hold him is because there just is nothing at centre wing. Like it's, It is just such a shit position this year. And I had to look because I wanted to get a, a one or two centre wings in to rotate this next few weeks or maybe get a Stephen Crichton out and get some more firepower to come in. I couldn't find anything. Like Honestly, there was just nothing there. Um, but that's when you can maybe look at some different guys like Campbell Graham if you want to get a pot in. Now, Campbell Graham is 568,000, Billy. He's got a 59 BE, but he scored a try for four weeks in a row. He's got a five-round average of 77, a three-round average of 85, and he has well and truly gone under the radar um, this last month of footy. This is the opposite to the Tigers' draw. Um, the Roosters are the last... Uh, game of the season for, for South, which is a tough one. But the next two weeks for Campbell Graham and the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they've got the West Tigers, and then they're at home they've got the Bulldogs, which are two prime matchups these next two weeks. He's obviously been going really well. He managed to put on 60 points against the Storm on the weekend, 96 against Para the week before, and 98 against Manly the week before that. Uh, he's been going over the try line, and he looks like he's going to keep going the next couple of weeks. Um, one of the things that I like about him, Billy, before I get your opinion on it, is his base is at raw 36 points. So I really like that. Uh, I think that he's ticking a lot of boxes at the moment. Definitely flown under the radar and one that you you know wouldn't normally be considering, but the centre wing position is so weak, and because we only need a small run of games from Campbell Graham for him to be valuable for the next couple of weeks, uh, I, I definitely will say that I've had a look at him. Yeah, he's certainly a pot option. Um, the only thing I would say there is you probably get exactly the same output and a better draw from the young man in the outlet to try on the 30k. So you're probably paying about 300k, 350k extra for something that you could probably get on, on the cheap with a better run match in the city of Cherry Evans. So I know exactly what you're saying, but um, yeah, for that sort of low base, I'd be going the other way. He's got a three round average of 85. You really think that you're going to get that? Elsewhere? From premium, premium quality, I, I, I would much rather have uh, two over there. Probably not Manson right now. Um, uh, I think he's sort of been overachieving. You've got Neo back now. Kurt Mann is available there. You've got Lomax there. I just think there's so, much, so many better options there that you just have that price while you Obviously, you're going to own some of these guys. I've got two O. Um, he's already there for me. I don't have Lomax, but not that keen on him at the moment because of his high ownership. Um, so a couple of those guys, if you've already got them, uh, like, I, for example, one of the teams that I played against on the weekend, they had two o, they had Man and they had Lomax because Man and Lomax are pretty heavily owned. There's going to be a lot of teams that already have those guys. 
So, I mean, I think that you'd be bringing him in as a fourth. Um, I certainly get the point. I, maybe it's not smart to bring him in instead of a low max. If you don't have a low max at the same price, bring him in instead. Um, but against the Tigers and Bulldogs, I actually yeah. quite like it as a pod move because nobody owns him. Yeah, it's certainly a pod move. I just think if you don't want a low max and you get someone like Graham who punches an 80, that you know, low max would likely to do exactly the same and, and that you're taking the risk for, for doing it, whereas that is sort of like really. Like, it's just my line of thinking. Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, Lomax has got a pretty good game against Newcastle on the on round 19. Um, I guess with the Dragons, two out of the next three, he's got Canberra and Melbourne as well. And uh, to be fair, Souths have got the Roosters in round 20, so that round 20 is a bit of a wash for both of them. So I guess it's more of a, you know, Lomax versus Canberra and Newcastle versus um, Campbell Graham against the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Probably why I'm sort of leaning. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, mate, I'll give you a few credit in that there's only three games left, so you need to basically completely figure out season averages now. All you need to do is jag one or two scores for one or two games, and it doesn't really matter what they score the other. So if you want to bring a bloke like that in and playing versus football dogs and then not playing and then playing the game and two games, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to consider it um, just because I don't like the Dragons draw as much and I think the, the low max, to your point, is, is definitely the other guy that could be brought in if you didn't have him. Just devil's advocate, though, Billy, to finish off on Campbell Graham. For teams that already have uh, low max men in their build and a lot of them brought 2-0 next week, say we take those three out of the equation and you're searching for a fourth, can you think of any other guys that you buy instead of Campbell Graham or do you think that Campbell Graham becomes more of a viable option if you own those three? Oh, I don't know. So, you know, Stags, he's got a one hell of a game matchup this week. Yep. Oh, we'll talk about him in detail as well then coming up. Um, let's move along, though. So, uh, aside from that, this is obviously the first game of the round. Uh, C options have been popular early games uh, in recent times because we've had you know people like Cleary playing first up last week. A lot of people jumped on the straight C. Uh, and Teddy's been playing some early games a month up until a month ago. I don't think there's any straight C's in this one. I'm sure we both agree on that. But as far as VCs go, um, you know, do you see a, you know, a, a Damian Cook running right against the West Tigers' flimsy defence and worth a VC shout, or or the, a Nofo being able to double up again and, and be worthy of a VC? I don't think Cook Cook has the ability to go high enough as already otherwise would have the last couple of years. Nofo, if if anyone's going to be VC this game, I'd go Nofo, but I wouldn't waste it this game. The only other person we missed out talking was probably Grant, who increased 80 minutes again last week. He's probably better off at this point of the season, given, given their draw to. Yeah, it's a strange one. Um, he went to 80 minutes last week, but Little's still on the bench. So I'm not really sure what that rotation was, because I admit that I kind of zoned in and out of that Manly Tigers game. So it'd be interesting to see if he still plays 80 again this week when um, when Little's gone. Um, when Little's on the bench still, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Can they use, what's their mathematical equation to make the eight the, the Tigers? Well, at the moment, they're um, two two games behind Cronulla. So they need to basically win all three games and yeah. then hope that, you know, Cronulla drops some. Same as a chance. Yeah. So <laughs> staring at a ninth, yeah. a ninth yeah. finish, yeah. basically, mate. Yeah, right. Yeah. But that's the only reason I could think of him maybe getting 80 minutes last week, you know, game, game, game on the line, they were just going for it. But So who do you reckon is going to win this one? I mean, I, I think that the Tigers made a good comeback last week, but I, I can't really go past the Rabbitohs beating the Tigers by 10-plus. 
yeah, I'm about the same now, mate. I tell you, we um we got a bit of a a couple of people that were pretty keen on the um the sports bet shoutouts that we managed to do on our podcast, Billy, me and you. So I will I will give you a bit of a number here. Campbell Graham that we just spoke about has scored for four weeks in a row. Currently two dollars sixty three anytime on sports bet. Um, momentum's a massive thing. Fans will just roll with it. Yeah, good value. Cody Walker's at two sixty three as well, and he's been running the ball really well. Doggies versus Seagulls is the next game. Uh, the Dogs have. Made a few changes because Kieran Foran's done his pick and Jake Avrilo's gone in at 5'8". That's really good in real life because Avrilo, I think, needs a bit of a chance. We've also got Oakenball back, so a few people actually had him as enough. I saw people riding on, on, on Central and stuff, and um, I'm a bit surprised about that, but he's back now, so that kind of stuffs them up as far as an, an AE guy. On the Seagull side of things, they're actually got Schuster out with an ankle injury. I thought he looked really good last week. Tafu is out with an Achilles injury as well. So that means that Hopper is going to go over to the wing uh, and Kate Cuss comes in at 5'8 for Schuster. Um, let's start off with Manly first, Billy. We don't have a Tom Trevojevic signing, but we do have a Benny Trevojevic signing in Jersey 21. I hope that he doesn't play because he's another nuff. But <laughs> on market watch, Daily Cherry Evans, mate. Um, now, I'm gonna we're going to have to cede some props to Wilfred on this because Wilfred... Was talking up and and Bear as well. We're talking up um, Daily Cherry Evans a month ago on on how good it looks for him. And I must admit, I look I looked and sort of looked away. But he now mainly now has the Bulldogs this week, the Gold Coast Titans, and then the New Zealand Warriors. So really good draw. Um, DC has been doing a bit of kicking as well, and 114 points against the West Tigers on the weekend. He's only 500 grand to buy now and put in your half. Half position. I can see why a lot of teams are bringing him in this week. Yeah, I'm doing the same. Uh, there were three players I wanted last week. It was uh, Cherry Evans, Brimson, and Tua. I ended up deciding on the, the two that didn't score as high as <laughs> Cherry Evans. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm delighted ages for that one. Decided, I decided to go with the bloke playing, playing the Bulldogs. That didn't work out. Uh, so, um, yeah, yeah, Cherry's got the goal kicking, mate. There's one kind of a draw, so had a decent break even, so he was not too bad waiting, but although, um, yeah, the extra 60 points gone big, he was a bit of a shame, but um, yeah, massive shout-out to um, Bear and, um, and uh, Catfish on that one. Um, although, I, probably more like the last the three or four games as opposed to a shout-out sort of seven weeks ago, um, but uh, now he's got the goalkeeping 100%, but without the goalkeeping, you know, it wasn't really saying 100% with it. Yeah, I'm not too sure how long Garrick's out for, actually. So, I mean, it could be in a couple of weeks Garrick's back. I, I can't recall what his injury was off the top of my head. Um, Morgan Harper debuted for the Manly side on the weekend after being released by the Bulldogs in round 16. He'd only played one game for the Dogs back in round five. And he had an absolute masterclass at centre. He looked really powerful when he was running the footy. And he scored two tries for 101 super coach points. Obviously, the Tigers' defence is pretty flimsy, but, you know, the Bulldogs, Gold Coast and Warriors' defence isn't the best in the league at all either. In fact, the Bulldogs and the Gold Coast Titans are up there with the worst combined defensive ratings in the whole NRL. So, Morgan Harper is a bit of a cut-price option. I mentioned in a couple of groups that we were in, and, and, and to you as well, that centre's just such a bad super coach position, so I've been scouring to look at different options to rotate in. And without spending money, um, Morgan Harper's 227000 I see that he's the currently the ninth most traded in player 
on Market Watch. Um, I can understand why. He's playing his old club, the Bulldogs, so that's a box ticked. He scored two tries last week and looked really good coming off a 100-point performance. And, and Manly's got a great three-round three draw. So Morgan Harper is one of those centre wings that, that might be able to outscore the guys that are 300,000 more than him. Yeah, I think that purchase is more uh, around price point. It's a cash, it's, it's a cash out, good draw. Um, Cherry Evans is on fire. He's playing centre, so getting uh, probably, he had 16 or 17 tackles last week. So a little bit of base in there. Um, had two line breaks, uh, but the one that caught me was the tackle bus, like the busting tackle left, right, and center. So all he's got to do is sort of keep that up for a little bit, and you're going to, you're going to get the, the half decent sort of uh, cash out score for 230k. The, the only negative for me would be the fact that he's not bargain basement price. So if you're looking for like an extreme cash out to absolutely maximise the, the last two trades or, or three trades or whatever you got. Uh, 50k might make a massive difference. Yeah, that's true as well. And I guess it depends on your centre wing. Like if you've if you've only got four centre wing options, it makes sense to probably get him in as a fifth one, just to get that extra option in there. Uh, but if you've already got five or six, then maybe it doesn't make as much sense, and you're better off just nothing in that last spot just to get that extra 50k, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Not that personal situation. Is I've, I've still got the hammer there. He's the last person I'm going to get rid of. Yeah, so it d- depends on the makeup of your team, like, like how many trades you've got, and whether it's worth worthwhile nothing someone to make them make the most of the uh, the, uh, the, the CNBC the last couple of weeks to see who they're half decent. A hundred percent. He's a good option to consider for some teams. Bit of a pod option that we spoke about a few weeks back, and he actually had a bit of an injury, so it didn't um, didn't look like it was going to be an option that we're going to look at again. But Curtis Sirenen is very low ownership, um, and he definitely ticks the bill as a pod. He is someone that can take advantage of the upcoming draw. So he had 64 points against the West Tigers. 52 of that was in pure base. Um, does have the lower scores in him. So against the Storm, lower as expected at 43 points a week prior to last. 85 against Souths uh, with a 53 base. So three-round average of 64, five-round of 61. But you're getting Curtis in for one price point because he's only 500,000. So there's going to be times, Billy, at the moment especially, where like me, for example, I've got three trades. Um, and if getting, you know, a $600,000 forward in means I've got to make two trades, but getting like a Curtis Sirenen in means I've only got to make one of my three trades... Sometimes it's better off just to look at people like Sirenen at the 500k mark, especially if you're looking at for forward depth. Um, he plays the Bulldogs' edge and the Gold Coast Titans' edge the next two weeks. I'm pretty excited for those ones. He's he's a bit of an attacking um, edge back row where he's got the offloads and the tackle breaks, and he also has uh, the tries and line breaks occasionally with, with Cherry Evans looking for him. So I'm expecting him to score one of the next two weeks and to kind of have, you know, a 70-odd average the next two weeks of football, and that's all I'm really after. But, you know, in saying that, he does have that lower floor than other second rowers. So how do you kind of see him based on the draw and the fact that he's at that cheaper price point against the Bulldogs this week and then the Titans? Yeah, look, he only needs to go over once in those two weeks to be sort of worth it. Um, if it was any more... If it was only more than three games, I'd be saying no. He's at that price point for, for a reason. But the, amount, the fact that you only need one try over a couple of weeks makes it, makes it a bit easier decision. I can't remember that. Is he right or left? I prefer right. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, he's certainly on the, he's certainly on the better side. So I can look at someone that, that price point. He's, he's turned into a massive unit. He's starting to resemble his old man more and more every day. 
Yeah, I really like him. I really like how he's improved the last couple of years, actually. Um, I don't think there's any side that's got a better draw than Manly. It's a bit of a shame that guys like Turbo aren't back because Bulldogs, Gold Coast, Titans and Warriors, I don't think there's any team that's got a draw that good for the final three rounds, but Manly just don't have that many options to try and take advantage of it. And honestly, I think the only way you could possibly get Turbo is if you're sort of seeing 40th or 50th in overall and you need the pod to like give you a massive springboard. So if you're in the top 10, I'm not sure if you would take the risk on him. <laughs> you can do it, man. Um, you sort of 10, 20 points and all of a sudden you've gone back to 60th, 70th. But if you're in 60th or 70th, you've got nothing to lose. He might give you 160. Yeah, I mean, he's got to come back first. And uh, that's that's a bit up in the air at the moment. I don't know when we're getting back. He might not even make it back on the field. But do you see any other options in this manly side to take advantage of the draw that they've got for the next three weeks? Not really. The, the only thing I like to do this time of year is have a look at the um, which front row forwards haven't scored who's going to avoid the move either. So it's 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 times like this and then you look at like Aiden Coleman and and, and uh, look the next the next two the next two or three games he's gone over the line. But unfortunately, he, he got his uh he got his big play about two weeks ago, which is unexpected. So I think I'd be forfeiting that that debt and looking elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, Fanil Blake and um, and Marty have both scored tries this year, so they don't they don't hit your nudie run criteria. <laughs> if I was good, if, if, I'll tell you what, if you if you did burn pain half in the shoulder and you needed someone a little bit cheaper to fill to fill the void, Fanil Blake is uh, certainly one that can push over a line, mate. Yeah, and he's really good value at the moment, actually. Um, so Fanil Blake has had. Um, he's been in and out of the side because of you know injuries and everything else that's happened this year, along with vaccination stuff that put him in jeopardy and all that sort of thing. But he's he's been really up and down. Like he had 49 points on the weekend, 93 against the Storm where he got a try, and then 40 the week before. Uh, he just hasn't got that consistency that he had last year, and that's why he's you know he's averaging 61 in 2020, but he was 66 points in 2019. So he's had that drop off, but. He's only 460000 because of it. So if you think he's getting on a run, he's a cut price option at 463 k Yeah, true. Just on that, uh, Manly, they've got dogs this week. Have they got Tigers in there or are the two low-rank teams next, next two weeks? Dogs, Titans, and then Warriors. Oh, uh, right. I was just wondering if Marty Tapao had the, had the three uh, Warriors, Tigers, and Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not quite. But he does get his old Bulldogs club that he gets to play against this week, so I'm sure he'll go all right. What about this Bulldogs side, mate? Um, there's nothing on Market Watch. Um, probably the only thing to shout out is Lachlan Lewis every second week's been getting a ton lately for a month. Other than that, you know, there, there isn't really much happening. Do you see anything that you like in this doggy side? The only thing that shifts me is the last three weeks I've been having a bet on, on first try scores as well, and... It's always it's always Tenius Lesniak or Nafaluma or the, the the one attacking player in the underdog that's playing sixty one head to head. So I tell you what, if, if you want to have a crack at the first try score in your couple of multis, maybe throw Tenius Lesniak or something or other. We'll finish off on the first try scorers, but if you wanted to have a real crack. Um, and you thought that, you know, that edge for the Bulldogs has given up a lot of points to opposing forwards. Curtis Sirenen for first try is about $19 at the moment. And any time try is $3.30. Um, and even um, Harper, you know, who came off that double last week, he's $2.63. 
So as an any time, that's that's quite a bit of value. So I, I've already gone Morgan Harper into Manly winning um, for about four dollars, which is I, I thought was really good. Is it down at Manly or is it also? No, this one's at ANZ Stadium, mate. Yeah, okay. If it was down, if it was, if it was down at Manly and Bacon for you know, six or seven tries, take that lot of lot of lot of that crowd over the equation and the Seabreeze. Yeah, and, the Seagulls. And to be fair, like the 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 Seagulls backline doesn't look that strong. They've got quite a few outs as well, so it, it might be a bit of a tougher game than what we think. Um, as far as VCs though, I, I will say that if I had DCE and you're bringing him in this week, if I was you, I, I would be considering him as a VC option second game. Hundred percent, mate. One hundred percent. I'll be weighing him up. Like if, if he goes one hundred thirty plus, I think what I might do is just muff. And, and take an A of, um, what do you call it, R- Rudolph instead. But if he goes rubbish, I'll probably trade Ponga and just bring in Cam Smith. Oh, big call. We'll get to the Ponga discussion soon, though. Um, I, I think the Seagulls will be 10-plus um, winners at least, but there is potential for a flogging. Um, they capitulated badly last week, but surely they come back this week, Billy. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so, mate. I'll um, be back in there with it for sure. So, on to the next game, and for those listening, um, I should have said at the start, if it sounds like I'm losing my voice, it's because I am. I've actually got a cold at the moment, non-COVID related, but yeah, just try and bear with me while I try and speak. <laughs> um, Panthers versus Eels, we've got a couple of changes that are really big, Billy. Isaiah Yo is back after missing last week with concussion. James Fisher-Harris at prop, and uh, Leota goes back to the bench with Capewell to the reserves, which is quite surprising that Capewell's out of the 17. At the moment, uh, for the Eels, we've got Reed Marnie named a start, but he hurt his shoulder that looked pretty bad last week. Um, so wait and see whether he actually plays. But all in all, mostly the same side for the Eels as far as Super Coach goes should be fine. This is a bit of a blockbuster for your boys, Billy. Um, I've seen the Panthers have been heavily, heavily backed. Like they're they're into a dollar thirty-seven for this game. It is at the Panthers Stadium, but are you giving your boys any hope at all to to cause the upset? I remember what we have in the last few years, but there are bands, and I'm pretty sure if you go and have a look at the last 14 or 16 games, I can't remember us actually being Panthers home or away. Yeah, it's a, I, didn't, I didn't think your boys played that well last week either. Even though you got the win, and you're up 16-0, um, you really struggled to kind of put that game away. Yeah, still not banking on Crichton to pass the ball. If I own, if you, I tell you what, the Eels are going to leave some points this week. Um, I, I, I would be backing the Panthers to beat them, but if you, if I owned Nui, I'd be getting even now. The Eels might sort of hold him down to some sort of sub fifty score. Crichton, I think, does the usual three thirty three points again, but um, I think two uh, I, I think Mansell will have a lot of. Like, a lot of 50 or 60 points in kick returns, um, dry, dry track. I think two will go over the line. I think Cleary will go right. Um, I don't think, I don't think, uh, Nate, Nate and, and what's your name, Martin, will be sort of coming back inside again from four to the fifth tackle. I believe two are out on, on the side just begging for mercy. Yeah, look, I think the big one for sort of Cleary and two over this week, mate. Um, yeah, as soon as, as long as he plays over there, standard points in the middle. But scoring nothing, I think Sylvania's anything. I think, if anything, Matt had just only 60 points, mate. Yeah, it's, um, so there's a couple there that you mentioned that appear on, on Market Watch. A lot of people jumping off Luai, and they should be. That's a foregone conclusion. Um, Stephen Crichton's a bit of a tougher one, though. So I've been really happy with Crichton 
thus far until last weekend. Against the Broncos, I expected a lot more than 22 points. And it was really poor. It was his lowest base um, since the restart. He was only 16 in raw base. And he just wasn't getting involved. Um, it was a bit unlike him. It's a little bit hard for me to decide what to do. So after your advice on this, Billy, a lot of people are selling Stephen Crichton. I see the value in doing it. He's 450000 with a BE of over a hundred. So if you don't sell him this week, you're going to lose too much money for the next few weeks. You need to really make the decision now on what you're going to do for that spot for the next three weeks, I think. So it's either stick well, with him or, or get rid of him. I'll get rid of him. I had this discussion with um, uh, someone last week where they were laying up Crichton versus uh, Lomax. And, mate, Lomax, 100%. You've got um, Crichton's base is 33.2 per the season. He's, he's still pretty much it. One try almost every single game this year and still can't crack a 60 average. So why would you bank on a guy having to go over the line just to score, you know, just over 60? I, I would much rather have a guy like sort of... Um, Max, who is kicking goals as a tackle buster and a frequently go-to person, he doesn't get over the line. Absolutely worst case scenario, you're going to get sort of great, pretty much what um, you know Crichton's giving you with a try. So I would just go the, the safe route with Lomax did. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is at this point that the arguments against trading him out for me and probably for a lot of people. Up until the last two weeks, you know, I know that you said that he's got to go to the line to score, but for the two months prior, the last two weeks, he'd scored in all games but one, seven out of eight, and, you know, he'd averaged mid-60s pretty easily, uh, or even closer to 70, actually. So he was producing the points, so it was totally fine. I didn't care about keeping him. Um, he didn't have anything below uh, a 56 for two months until he hit that West Tigers game in round 16 and then his, his floor in round 17 that we just passed with 22 points, like we said. So it, it was going along well. It's not going well now, so I'm happy to kind of sell. But after I look past this week, Billy, they've got the Cowboys and the Bulldogs. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, if I get to next week, am I going to ruin not having him against that Cowboys side and against that Bulldogs side if... if um if the Panthers just absolutely carve him up, he's probably going to score tries. This week he might go a bit lower, but then somebody pointed out to me, um, which was really interesting just today, that he's going to be playing against Wunga Blake, and you know he might he might want to get up against Wunga Blake because you know Wunga obviously used to be at the club, and I think last time Blake went well against him, and he might want to step up against him. So yeah, it's it's hard because the draw, like you said, you're only looking at a three week period. And the next three weeks doesn't look too bad for Stephen Crichton. So it's a matter of whether, I guess, if you think he's going to go on a run again or, or not is kind of how you make your decision, I reckon. Yeah, but I think if you were to get up the ladder, you, you, need, you need to back with him scoring four tries in the next three weeks and score three in the next two weeks in order to do that ladder. That's more for you. Yeah, probably pretty if fair. One try, one, try, one, try, one try every week, which that is quite what you're doing is keeping it with the Joneses. Yeah, I'll probably end up selling him just because of the amount of value that he's taken up there and just hope that I can um, get someone else in for the three weeks. But, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if after this week he, he finishes his last two weeks gangbusters. So maybe I'll just sell him and death ride him, mate. Um, <laughs> aside from him, outside him, we've got an absolute gun. He was one of the most trained players last week. But funnily enough, he's not been trained in as much this week. Uh, and I kind of thought people would keep jumping on. And that's Brian Tuo. 72 points against the Broncos with a try. 97 points a week before against the Tigers with a try. 
good two-week return. Um, gives him an average uh, of around about 82 over the last couple of weeks. Coming up against Parra, I still think that he's pretty good for a try and obviously finishes off pretty well in around 19 and 20. 499 grand, Billy. He is someone who I would look at buying from this Panthers outside back. So I'd probably rate him as the best outside back for the Panthers if you're looking at buying one. Yeah, 100%. Um, I was really disappointed last week, actually. He had a he had a massive work rate. So whenever he got the ball, he'd seem to tackle bust. Or, so, it almost seemed like every hit up, or every second hit up was a four-pointer. So every time he got the ball, it was four, eight, twelve, sixteen. And it, and it, it wasn't until I, I, um, I fast-forwarded the game just, just to see what it was on. I couldn't believe it. They were going on to the 30-something and yelling at the TV, go right, go right. And they go right and then they overlap and not let they come back in and just, <laughs> just want to shred me. Shred my keys at the TV, mate. But um, look, he eventually went out, went out of line and that's the reason why we bought him. But um, I'll tell you what, it was frustrating just waiting for him to go that way. That one extra player wide. Penrith really was frustrating overall last week, weren't they? They just they didn't really come out of the blocks very hard, and it just took them a while to, to get on top of the Bronx. Yeah, well, I don't think they were in, in at all for the first sort of, 25 minutes. They just kept making errors and turnover and turnover. They, they just didn't seem to be at the other end of the park at all, so maybe that made a bit of a difference too. But um, yeah, they certainly looked dangerous when they did get close to the line, and they were there consistently in the second half. And can I just say, you mentioned Josh Mansour. Now, he up until round 15, he'd scored three tries all year, which is actually a decent strike rate for him because he never scores. And then from round 15 to 17, the last three weeks, he scored four tries. How, the, how did he turn into Nathan yeah. Blacklock the last three weeks? It's just incredible. I like it's, it's really gave me the shits, actually, because like I didn't buy him on the premise that he's not going to score tries. And then he just goes on this massive run the last three weeks as a try scorer. It's just clearly kick on two, and then Lewis somehow managed to cut out Crotton and got one out there by accident. So that was two of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he was actually first try scorer, I think, about two or three weeks ago, so that was even better. Um, but yeah, the frustrating thing about Mansell is he can give you 76 points in base, and you think, oh man, if only for the of Crotton, you could, could you know, give him a line ball and put him over the line. And then all of a sudden, he goes over for a 35 quarter in the first few 10 minutes and he still ends up on 61. It's, it's, like, it's almost like every single time he took the school to try, he dropped his base by 30 points just to match the second half. It's so bloody frustrating. Yeah, he really doesn't have much of a ceiling, does he? Like, there's only, out of his 16 games this year, um, he's got one ton and he's actually, including that ton, only got two at 80 plus, which is incredible. So only have two yeah. games at 80 plus, but be a 67 average scorer. And to have his base that he has with his base attack, it's it's pretty incredible that he's only gone eighty plus twice. He's hit up, he's hit up the still there, but it's like, as a super coach, you know what you know what it's like when you when you're watching it play. You think, oh man, just get involved, just get involved. And he's one of the very few leaders who just gets involved. Like he'll make he'll make his heart run. There's always a tackle buster there. So he, he starts racking up those points and. Um, I didn't actually didn't realise this until I started, but he's actually in the top four seven three corners for the year with only what five tries or something lower, and only three of those recently. So he's certainly putting in the hard yards with the with the base and base attack mate. He's got seven tries now though, so it's a lot more respectable because of the last three weeks. I will have to point out that the edges that I thought were going to go well in Billy Kikau and Martin just to sort of uh, throw in for the run. 
type guys really hasn't paid off. So I'll put my hand up to that. Kickout gave me a good month of footy, you know, a couple of months ago that I played him for. But him and him and Martin just haven't come through. I'm, I'm very surprised that they didn't score against the, the Broncos, but that's life. Um, there is another complete pod in this Panthers side, Billy, that I'm just going to give a quick shout out to. And I am going to do it because, you know, we're going to get to Kalen Ponger, so I don't want to talk about him now. But a lot of people are trading him out. You even mentioned trading him out. Um, I'm not going to, but if you were someone that was going to trade out Kalen Ponga and you had Teddy already and you wanted to get a bit of a pod in, someone that's been really solid under the radar that we have, that very few podcasts have mentioned much of is Dylan Edwards. Uh, now, obviously, we spoke about Manly's run home being great. Penrith's run home is still pretty good. It's going to be tougher against the Eels this week, but then they've got the Cowboys and the Bulldogs to finish up on. And Dylan Edwards is 550k. And he's got a five-round average of 66 and a three-round average of 68. And he's been solid as a rock. He does not have one score in his nine games played this year, below 53. And he's only got two out of his nine games that are below 60s. He's got a big ton against the Sharkies at 126 points. And his last month of football is 75 points, 65 points, 65 points, 70 points. Solid as a rock with a really good draw coming after this week to finish off the final two. So... Obviously, no one owns him. He's like 1% owned. But if you're going to get rid of a fullback like Ponga and you didn't know what you wanted to do or you wanted to use some cash, Billy, uh, he does deserve a bit of a pod pod spotlight for this week because I think that he's been really underrated. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, he's got the good draw. I would, the only thing I'm going to do is probably counter that with, I think, 2-0 is probably the better option. Um, so I think a lot of people still have the hammer, so I would... Get rid of Ponga, bring Hammer, bring Hammer down, and then bring him to a, so that next week when you want to bring Ponga back, you don't have to worry about getting getting rid of your um, your your Panthers fullback and then bringing in Ponga. You're actually you're getting rid of the Hammer and still having Tua there as a service record option. So I think that would be the preferred route for me. Well, if you're going to do that, my preferred route, to be honest, would be not to trade Ponga because if you're going to bring him back next week. Um, I don't think many teams can really afford to, to burn the two trades. So I think a lot of teams trading Ponga won't bring him back. And if you're intending on doing that, like even for you, surely there's someone else that you could trade in your 25 squad other than Ponga just so you can hold him for next week. Oh, I've got five trades left. But I'm just, it's, it's one of those years where I think it's, you only had to hold off, what was it, four trades or five trades for the year? It was max each week. I think it's six trades, yeah. Yeah, you had to you had to not trade maybe six times to uh, yeah yeah something like that to to be able to trade two for the next few weeks yeah um, which I didn't yeah, obviously yeah. do because so, I've got so, three <laughs> yeah so so even people who have max trade pretty much every single week would still have what uh, a two trades at this point and yeah. and yeah and they they probably they probably still at the, like an absolute max team right now so. I think most people would have at least say one, maybe two trades and had sort of three or four up the sleeve. So look, I think if you've got a solid 17, there's, there's no reason why you sort of can't sell Pong on this way getting back straight away. Um, there's two games left. It's not like there's going to be sort of five inches in one week. <laughs> <He's there>. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, let's, let's talk about your reels because they, they deserve a little bit of love as well. Uh, as far as market watch goes, they're not, they're not getting any love at all. I will. Quickly point out that we're not going to talk about Mike Acebo because he's just gone to 
absolute dog shit status after scoring 40 points last week with a try line break as the first try scorer, which I bet on. And uh, got the how good is it when you hit the first try scorer and he's in your super coach team? Yeah, oh, well, that's a guaranteed 70 points, even if he does nothing else. And then he finishes on 40 and just does nothing for the rest of the time. You don't even care about your payout. Frustrating, but... Well, I mean, some other guys that are worth mentioning, not on Market Watch, but if you're looking at a pod, and this is another spot, Billy, which I think it's pretty interesting that second row forward doesn't have a huge amount of options anymore. Uh, obviously, a lot of people have got, um, you know, the the Batemans and the Madisons and the other guys that are the big hitters in the second row spot, but then it sort of tails off after the first three or four guys. And if you're looking at an option to bring someone else in, like I'm going to trade Kikio out probably, um, Nathan Brown, 4% ownership still, despite being spoken about quite a few times across quite a few different forums. He's still only 4% owned, and somehow he's still only 550k. He's got a three-round average of 74 and a five-round average of 70 with a 54 raw base. And that raw base has been even better the last couple of months of footy. It's been um, above 60 raw base. His minutes have been great. He hasn't played below 60 minutes for a couple of months. And these last three rounds, he went 77 on the weekend against the Warriors, uh, including a nice little line-break assist, 74 against the Alps and 71 against the Storm. Relatively match-up proof. Um, playing para, uh, sorry, playing Penrith this week, which is a bit harder. But then he hits the Broncos, who can be pretty soft, and the Tigers, who can definitely be pretty soft. So he's even got a good couple of weeks to finish up on. I, uh, I mentioned some of my other options to trade out to Stephen Crichton and maybe get a centre wing in. My other option for trading Kiko out, Nathan Brown, is a, a big consideration for me. And I'm a bit surprised that more people aren't sort of coming around, considering the worst thing for him, Billy, is to get suspended and injured, which is why people hold off. But he's only got to get through three weeks, mate. So, yeah, surely that makes him a, an even more premium yeah. buy now. I know, mate. They want to stay in the top four, too, so... He's certainly running like an absolute madman. The, the only thing that kind of turns him off, turns me off him is the fact that he's, he's still only playing sort of 60 odd minutes or 65 minutes, whatever it is. But it, it's hard to um, not mistake aggressive, hard running sort of. Uh, so, middle man like him for, for super coach points because he might, he, might, he, he might run like a bat out of hell, like sort of knocks him half, half a dozen blokes over and get close to him off. Like, at, at the end of the day, it's only sort of two, maybe sort of four points, whereas, whereas you've got the other, other blokes that are on the field for sort of 80 minutes, like, you know, almost like Maguire, who, who just plotters, the angry medicine, but they just rack up the sort of 65, 70 things. So, um, yeah, I think he's, um, his aggression is great. I love what he's, he's my favourite player, but too much of a concern, injury and suspension wise for me. Even for three weeks, though? You wouldn't really be worried about him getting hurt sort of the next few weeks. You would take yeah, that gamble. But, but, I just don't think he's going to score 100 points in any of those, in, in any of those games, in any of those games, but so I'd, I'd much rather go for someone like Jerry Evans, who's got the highest ceiling. Oh, yeah, look, so would I 100%. It's a matter of um, just if you need a Ford. I'd, I'd, I'd get Jerry Evans as well, but I. I don't really want to trade the four halves that I've got, um, and I need a Ford. So um, if I'm looking at second rowers, I, I really can't see many other options. Yeah, and because I'd obviously, I would have sort of bait, Bateman, Yeo, 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 I can't even say the word. I'm not even thinking Bateman, Yeo, yeah. and, 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 and Madison first on, on top of him there. So, yeah, look, he, he could be a depth signing for you. 
think it's fine. At the price point, it's not the worst. It's, it's not like Crichton sort of um, getting there for like eight, eight minutes anytime soon, and everyone needs um, what do you call it? Um, um, oh, what's his name? And Bronco's locked in, in, in the front row. In, in the front row. So. Oh, Carrigan. Yes. Yeah. So it's still kind of things in the second row. It's sort of Parker and sort of Parker and uh, Gal retired. Yeah, it keeps looking pretty strong each year, but for some reason it just peters out, and just after the first, you know, top three, four guys, um, there isn't really much there. And considering Lolo's out, you know, uh, Curtis here and as a bit of a hand grenade attacking player, and Nathan Brown as a base beast are my, my two considerations for the next three weeks. Uh, and I think they both look like decent ones. In this eel side, um, there's obviously all, all the names that we've spoken about before. Um, there's no one else being traded in too much. Do you, do you see any um, VC or C options? Obviously, Nathan Cleary is a popular C. Um, he only scored 75-odd points last week, which was disappointing, but he puts up a lot of tonnes. I don't, I, I'm not confident enough in this game, though, to waste a VC or a C. I, I'm not sure what way it'll go scoring-wise. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I'll be back in the bounce back. VC, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, Penrith and, and the Eels can both be a bit stifling with the defence and stuff. I just The battle out west as well at Panthers Stadium, I, I don't know whether they're going to really, you know, muscle up and stuff and get really niggly and, you know, maybe it's a sort of a 20 to 10 type of scoreline or something. It's really tough. I'm probably just gun shy, mate, because I expected Cleary to put on 200 against the Broncos last week. Yeah, but you, you remember, there's no, there's no problem this week. It's just, it's just, it's just Teddy. Um, there's no real problem, like, XJs under an under inducing in crowd. We, we just can do anything on a day. So, mate, if you're gonna if you're gonna have a, have, have a free stab at a VC, at least I, I wouldn't be putting the CL in straight out. But if you want a free stab at a VC, I tell you what, he's the one bloke that can go to the one eighty against anyone apart from Chips in the Storm. But you're not Chips in the Storm, mate. It's on you right now. Yeah, oh, fair call. I mean, Cleary's always going to be a VC option. Um, I think I'm going to go a different route, but um, I think it's fair to put it on him. What do you think is going to happen in this, mate? I kind of think that the Eels are going to step up a little bit and play better than what they have, but I still think they're going to lose. And I, I do think a 20 to 12, 20 to 10 type of scoreline is probably on the cards. I think we generally sort of lead or get close to them at half time, and then they sort of pull away towards the end by, and usually we buy that sort of 10 to 14 points. Yeah, that's probably how it's going to be. Um, the next game's the Dragons versus the Raiders. This one's at Wynn Stadium. We've got young Cody Ramsey debuting on the wing with Ravalawa gone. Ravalawa scored an amazing try on the weekend. I didn't see that he was injured, so it's a bit of a shame he got dropped after that just quietly. Paul Vaughan's back in uh, after his suspension, which means Fuimano is gone. For the Raiders, there's no changes from the 17, which is good, but Josh Papali, he looked like he did his shoulder last week. They've said that it's cleared a serious injury, but... I'd be surprised if they rushed him in for this week. I think they might rest him and he might jump out, uh, which would be tough for Papali owners. This is one of those games, Billy, again, where when we're looking at market watch, um, there isn't really anything to kind of point out. Um, everything makes sense as far as ins and outs. These guys don't really feature either the Raiders or the Dragons. And as far as pod watch goes, you know, there isn't really much in this one. Um, all the guys that we've spoken about plenty before, uh, like John Bateman, is probably in for a big one. Um, but other than that, you know, it's really Zach Lomax for the Dragon side of things. Uh, you've mentioned him, you love him. Do you think that Lomax is really yeah. going to be that great this week against the, the Raiders though? The Raiders are, are pretty good defensively, a bit of a tough matchup for the, 
for the Dragons side? Yeah, I think um, I think Mariners will step back up again this week. Um, for that reason, I wouldn't be. And I, I don't think Lomax can really sort of you can back on him to go a one thirty for the for the BC option. So um, I wouldn't be wasting it this week. The, the only reason I see Teddy last week was because Chooks have got all got all their forwards back, mate. They've got uh, a decent bench, and they've been playing on a wet track for a while too. And plus, they've had um. So I think Flanagan was out for a week or three weeks or two, and that young kid who came in just had no idea how, how, how to sleep the ball at the back of Teddy. He was sorry at his feet. So, show all those, all, all those sort of factors together. Teddy wasn't going Teddy was, didn't really sort of have, have, have a chance for a couple of weeks, but yeah, dry track dominating again. Um, I don't think these, the Dragons will dominate. Raiders, like your boys did last week, they'll probably put up a, a, a fight for a bit, but. I think Raiders sort of put on display they just come back out and announce themselves as, as a top four contender. Yeah, one of the reasons why I'm holding off on Lomax is because I don't like this matchup against Canberra, and he he does play Melbourne in round twenty. So I just I really don't like two of the next three games. Um, he has dropped off a bit, but he's still been really good. Like I wouldn't be selling him. He's still got a, a three round average of sixty, but he does have sixty seven, forty six, sixty eight, sixty nine his last month, which is still very solid. But oh, I think we're starting to see some lower scores creep in a little bit. Um, and I'm a bit worried how the Dragons are going to finish off, Billy. They do have a really good record against Canberra at Wynn Stadium, though. Um, they've done well against him in the past. Maybe the fact that a new coach has been hired or, or fired them up. Um, I'm cut to the chase on, on this actual game. I really don't know what way it's going to go. I'm not putting a VC or a C in here anywhere. Uh, and I'm not going to buy Zach Lomax or any Dragons relevant players because I'm a bit scared against Canberra. So, a bit of a stay away game for me, unless I own the Raiders. Um, guys like Bateman are definitely getting played, but yeah, I'm staying away as far as VCCs or, or purchases go for this one. Yeah, no one is really sort of staring out as a 130 plus candidate, so I'm with you on the no VC option, mate. Let's move on to a bit more of an exciting one, mate. Titans versus Broncos, the Queensland Derby. <laughs> Massive game. Oh, bang, bang. Bang, bang. <laughs> Titans have got uh, Brian Kelly out after he scored three points for those that brought him in as a pod on the weekend. Fermore moves in the centre, uh, becomes a little bit of an AE problem there potentially. Got Fotoaker back, which is going to help him a lot as well, and for anyone that held him in Supercoach too. For the Broncos side of things, um, Alice Glenn's back, which means T.O. drops to the bench, uh, and then largely irrelevant, um, aside from Joe returning from suspension. Xavier Coates does return on the bench, though, so another AE nightmare coming in at the wrong time. Um, let's start off with the Titans. This is a team, again, which doesn't feature on Market Watch, um, but AJ Brimson has been popular. We've spoken about him the last couple of weeks, Billy, when you haven't been on. I know... Um, that you're a bit of a Brimson fan at times, but you weren't big on buying him before. He did have a solid 60 on the weekend. Um, have you come around on him at all? Yeah, I bought him last week. You're right. I, I bought him, I think it was last year or the year before. We were really, really keen on him, but just, he just didn't produce. Um, had so much potential. Lightly, lightly critical buyer. But um, yeah, the last, uh, the thing that sold me was having a look at his stats last week. And although he doesn't really seem to have any sort of work rate, um, there was his draw, the fact that he was playing the dogs. And he, I think his line breaks and tackle us were just insane. I just, I, I just had to have a crack at it, knowing that he was, knowing that he was actually involved at the, in the fire position. So that 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 was that was a reason for the first row in there, but 
shame he only scored 60 points last week, but we'll give him another crack this week, mate. Versus, versus that lot. Yeah, he's almost not a pot anymore. He's been heavily purchased the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I want to give the Titans a bit extra love because we often glaze over the Titans because they don't have a lot of relevant players and aren't doing the best this year. But they are the best Queensland team in the competition, so we should focus on them a little bit more. Uh, I'm going to throw out a bit of a pod that I'm not going to purchase, and I'm going to say it straight up, I'm not purchasing him. But I did have a look at him, so it is worth just talking about someone a bit different. And I'll give a shout-out to Luke Garrity, who mentioned this one to me when I said there's no good centre wings, and I'm ready to take a punt. He pointed out that Tyrone Peachy might be a punt to take. Um, I've said to him quite quickly, I've owned Tyrone Peachy five times before, and that five times has meant that I'll never look at him again. But I did look at his numbers. The last two weeks, Tyrone Peachy has started in Jersey 13, Billy, uh, and he looks like he's going to keep starting there. He's promptly scored 79 and 60 points the last two weeks with 50 and 57 raw base. Coming up against the Broncos, Manly and Newcastle to finish off the year, at 420,000 as a dual centre-wing second rower, I don't have the balls to go uh, big balls pot on him and, and bring him in against the Broncos, but playing 63 minutes in Jersey 13 for the rest of the year at 420k, being able to throw him at centre-wing, especially against the Broncos this week, there's enough reason to have a look. Yeah, I just prefer 80 minutes. I think that's all good. I know that's probably been greedy. I was about to say, oh, it's my expectations. That place, sounds very daughter. Like, yeah, sure. Not like many people would buy that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'd be just a bit concerned about so 60 minutes. He's been one of those guys that said that me in the past two. I bought him once before just because he was playing... Um, Second row, but about what, five eight or, or vice versa or something. I can't remember. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, he proceeded to score about fifteen twenty points. I thought never again. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I'm worried about him getting benched again. But I mean, he's playing for a contract, and the coach has kind of challenged him the last couple of weeks and given him the starting thirteen jersey, and and he's sort of come through. So a bit risky for me, but. Worth giving him a shout-out because it wouldn't surprise me if he does keep that starting 13 jersey, if he doesn't average, you know, 65 for the next few weeks. Maybe have a big one against the Broncos this week as well. On the Broncos side of things, Billy. Now, David Fafita's doing pretty well. Um, I've said a couple of times I'm not that interested in getting him, uh, but I will have a look in round 18. He scored 41 points against the Panthers uh, last week. Very different proposition, 550-odd K this week. He's got the Gold Coast Titans, who he's signed with for next year. Very weak edge defense. Uh, Gold Coast Titans lead the league uh, in ineffective tackles and a second in missed tackles. So their defense is right up there for ones that you want to be playing against. They lead in a lot of points. Fafita is the sort of guy that's going to that's gonna run right, um, and maybe he'll step up because it's his, uh, his team that he's going to next year. So... Haven't been interested the last couple of months, but I'm a little bit interested this week. Yeah, there's some, certainly some pods out there for this week. Um, I'm reluctant to go anywhere. Anywhere near the staples in this game, but I just think there's high flux value elsewhere. The, the, the only one I'm obviously interested in this game is just that um, the Stags and, and Brimson, mate. I think, I, think they're, I think they're the big boppers. I think David Fafia, just too much of a low base. I'd be more happy with it to start. Any time at the beginning of the year, just not at this stage, that's all. Yeah, well, I mean, Fafita's 21% owned and Staggs is only 16% owned. And Staggs is currently the fourth most traded yeah. player of this uh, of this round. A lot of people are trading him in at 515k. And I can understand why. Surely that, 
just going to say, surely I'll put on a few, a few points this week anyway. So, but what do you reckon he gets? About 12 points, 16 points in, in, in goals. Just need one line break to send a punch. Just need 26 to 36 points. Yeah, uh, you'd think so. I'm just, I'm really torn on Stags because, like, he had 93 points against Penrith with, and one of those runs that he made to score a try was like 40 points by itself. Um, 58 the week before, oh, 70, no, 70 the week before. He's a beautiful, beautiful ball kicker too. He just hits it so well. Yeah, and he's going to get those. But I mean, I'll say the same thing I said to a couple of blokes today. I just don't. Even when you do all the numbers and you look at the talent that Stags has and everything, I just don't think that I want to own any Broncos because I just really don't know what what's going to happen. Like, it wouldn't surprise me this week if the Titans yeah. blow them off the park. Like, the Titans could win thirty six to ten, and it wouldn't surprise me. And the Broncos could lose every game for the rest of the year and only average you know one point nine tries a game. And you're expecting you know Stags yeah, to get yeah. sort of half of the tries that they get. You know, it's it makes it really hard. Yeah, 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 I know. You, you look at him last week, but particularly when he's the first one that goes over the line, and you look at the score and go, God damn it, I knew I should have got him. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah, no, we said at the beginning of the year, actually, I think we had this discussion with plenty of people on the, uh, the old Alex forums. <laughs> he's a high-flight player. He's, he's going to average well. It just, it just depends on you know, which games you're playing because he's going to have those big scores as well as low ones. That's it. End of story. Yeah, and he's got two scores already around 30 uh, that included a line break this year. So, you know, he wasn't obviously goal-kicking at the time, but, I mean, they've got to score points to, to get goals, and that's the other problem. So, I mean, they got Gold Coast this week, which is great. Against Parramatta the following week, playing away, you know, I, I don't think they're going to go very well at all. So it's it's a bit of a tough one. I, I'm just going to revert to what I said today to a couple of people. Great shout-out. Completely understand why people are buying him. I'm not going to say to anyone that wants to buy him, don't do it, but I'm not touching him. Yeah, the same, that same. Don't want the headache. Aside from that, there isn't really much else to talk about. In those Broncos side, obviously, Haas and Carrigan, automatic starts. I, I, I would hate to be one of the people that sold Payne Haas because he could go ballistic this week as well. Talking about captaincy options, you know, if you didn't want to go um, for one of the, the backs, Payne Haas might rip into this Titans pack on the weekend. He scored 93 last round. He could be a good safe straight C for this week. Oh yeah, for sure. Like he'd, he'd be the Cleary BC him C. So I, I'm actually tipping the Titans in this one. I, I think the Titans are going to win the, the battle of the cellar dweller Queensland teams. Yeah. Um, would you actually risk going or prefer to go go a, a, a state C option or go go someone like uh, Teddy in the end? Well, let's talk about the Roosters vs Knights because um, they're up next. So let's talk about Teddy straight off the bat. Just quickly on the Roosters side, Jake Friend's back. Um, so Lussick's gone. For the night side, they've obviously got Ponger out with Tex Hoy starting at the back. Barnett rested, which kills a lot of people that brought him in two weeks ago. Really unfortunate. Saifidi's back on the bench, which kills anyone that held him. Um, and Edric Lee's back as well with Matautia also included in the reserves. Straight to Teddy, mate. I am looking at a straight C on Teddy, VCing any of the games beforehand. So I'm all over the... The C for Tedesco. I see that um, he's, he's on the he's on the um, top ten most traded in. Somehow people still need to get him. He's four percent traded in this week, and he's coming off his hundred and thirty two points against the Raiders after his hundred and seventy six points against the Broncos. These are the type of runs that you're after. And against this Newcastle side, like looking at him on paper, you know this side when they had their full squad got smacked by thirty points plus against the, the Warriors. Uh, with a reduced squad, the Roosters could put 50 or 60 on them very easily. Yeah, yeah, look, 
Well, let's, let's face it, this is one, one list I've learned the hard way this year. Um, just you might be out. Kenny might be overpriced to start the year, but his value as captaincy option is just too good. Even if he scores 30, 30, 40, that fourth and fifth round when he goes 180, 180, and you don't have him as captain or BC, that's when you fall behind. I think worst case scenario, he does exactly what he did about three weeks ago, punches a 60, and 60 is exactly far behind, paying half 80 or 89. So take the punt and pray for 180. If not, then you know, you're going to get a score pretty much on par with most other captaincy options anyway, though. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think the only downside to it, Billy, is that um, there isn't that many good straight C options this week. I don't think there's, there's fantastic matchups aside from maybe in that Storm game, which we'll get to. So there, there might be a lot of people on Teddy Captain. Do you think that he's going to be, you know, the number one captaincy this week? I'm pretty sure he will be. Yeah, I think so. No. So aside from Tedesco, let's have a look at some other pod options for the Roosters. Beamoz has been bought for a couple of weeks, but he isn't getting bought this week because he hasn't been going too fantastic lately. But the two wingers for the Roosters, I mentioned that I'm after a centre wing. Uh, these guys are both shortlisted. Now, Beamoz is down to 605,000 with a 123 BE. So, yeah, you could wait, but he might go well against this Newcastle side. Hasn't played them yet this year, but the Roosters have got their full squad back, and that's normally when Beamoz is going to go back to form. He's already had 30 points um, last week, it's unlikely he's going to go similar again this week. The other guy that I've mentioned in the past a little bit, uh, I said two weeks ago I want to keep an eye on Daniel Tupo. Uh, and the reason I wanted to keep an eye on him is just because of exactly what he's done the last two weeks. He scored three tries the last two weeks now that he's back. He looks really good. Uh, he's got, uh, the last two weeks, he's got an average base of around 32 raw base. Um, base, base attack, he's looking closer to 40. Scored 95 and 59 points the last two weeks. Uh, Three-round average of 69, five-round average of 68, if you're looking back to pre-injury as well. 538,000, Billy. Um, I'm I'm all but sold to bring in Daniel Tupo this week as a centre-wing pod because of this Newcastle side that they've named. I I just think that they're really going to struggle against the full-strength Roosters. Yeah, you've been talking Tupo up a little bit, so like with the guards to his... Origin uh, jersey versus sort of Adelaide car. He's um, certainly certainly quick, good tackle busting, offloading, good under the high ball. It just depends on how, how much ball he's going to get on the left. Um, I've all, if, if I was going to take anyone in that team, I would just take the first on the right. That's all. But I would probably prefer Kiri in the side. Absolutely fine if I was going to get sort of two two or two both two both. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> screw names up here just for a joke. Now, can you just rattle off his numbers again, like probably for the last five or six games, just so I can get a better read on where he's at when he's playing the full eight? I mean, his his five round average is sixty eight, three round sixty nine, and he's actually only gone below fifties um, twice all year since round one. So that was the thing that I liked about him most. He's got a thirty three and thirty six as his lowest score. Everything else is fifty four plus. You know, more than half of his games are sixty plus. And he's obviously got the high games in. It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like Crichton, Arstock, Crichton, Madison. That was the reason first by Madison, and that's in the second row. So you can get a bloke throwing the same numbers at sort of centre three quarter. Just kind of begs the question: Why, why the hell wouldn't you play the team? I suppose. Yeah, I mean the thing is too when you're looking at the games, he's only played ten this year. So um, when you look at the fact that three out of those ten, he's gone ninety plus. So he's gone ninety four, ninety five, and ninety two. Three out of those ten games. He's got the upside, um, and two and two yeah. of those games, he's only scored one try as well. Yeah, that was my question. I was just going to say, were those doubles or mixed? Yeah, good 
Yeah, 92 and 94 with single tries. Um, because one thing that he does manage to do as well is he can get the try assists. Like, he's pretty good uh, footy IQ. There's there's a couple of times where he's made the line break and then managed to throw it back inside to Teddy for the try and stuff like that. So um, even if you're looking at that floor, though, his raw base for the year is 33 points. Uh, and again, he's, he's looking at 40-plus at if you're looking at the base-base attack. So. so the difference there is 33 base saves Crichton, but... Not really. When you're talking about the caliber of the player, the caliber of the team, and the fact that he's on the wing and he can go over the line for any LB try stroll, as opposed to Crichton, who's, who's left centre and has to do a, lot, do a lot more to get over. So I'd certainly be taking him. I tell you what, I'm having a few beers with a few mates on Saturday. It's all about fun for the next three weeks, as well as winning some head to heads, because I'm not going to come over all first in classic. So if I'm having some beers, I want to be able to cheer on a centre wing for a double. So I'm going to buy Diesel Tupo for Saturday night. He's a dollar fifty to score any time, Billy. But I reckon him and him and Brett Morris will both score dollar fifty each on sports bet. Roos is thirteen plus. Mate, I'd, um, no, I, 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 when you've got dominant teams, I can't I can't like the um, the dominant seven to score for sort of three fifty. I really like the sort of cherry Evans and sort of Flanagan type options this week as opposed to trying to trying to go double up on, on, on both wingers. I mean think about it this way, the the dominant seven um, yeah the dominant seven pretty much always gets the ball on on fifth tackle option. So when they're close to the line if any if anyone's gonna throw a dummy and, and grab a kick or just have a crack at it, it's gonna be your sort of your um your your Cleary and sort of Pierce types. Yep, completely get that. The other thing is um, DTE doesn't seem to go longer than three three games without a try. He's um he's due. Well, you'll be playing pretty well in sports bet too. So there you go. There's another one to go for if you want to put a put a bet on. Let's talk about the elephant in the room in this game, mate. I'm going to hold Ponger for sure. There's no way I'm I'm not going to hold him. Um, I think that you're being a bit ambitious, thinking that. Most people are going to be able to buy him back if they sell him. Obviously not playing this week, but the last two rounds he's got the Dragons and the Titans. And I've spoken to multiple people in the last week where I've kind of said, if you're going to sell him, you better not want him for those last two rounds. And I think that everybody's going to want him for those last two rounds because Dragons, Titans for Caitlin Ponga, after 158 points last week, you have to have him for that. Mate, don't get me wrong. I'm buying you back. Well, my point is, I've got five trades, and there's only sort of six possible trades you can do for the next couple of weeks. So, no, no trade will trade. Like it makes no difference because if you're not trading, you're not playing this week anyway. If you do trade, I'm buying back next week anyway. So either way, I'm still getting his point next week. All right. Well, yeah, it's it is a podcast for the people. So let's forget about you for now, because <laughs> not everyone's got five <laughs> trades. He's he's in the top ten most traded out players at the moment. Um, a lot of people are trading out Kalen Ponga, and it seems to be growing. He's at six at the moment. Devil's advocate, aside from your situation, if you can't get Kalen Ponga back in, surely you're not going to advocate to sell him. Uh, yeah, I still would um, because if you're gunning for if you're gunning for overall, you need points this week. So um, uh, if you trade him to someone like sort of Cherry Evans. Um, who you can play over someone like, you know, Lu- or, or, or Rudolph. There, there's an extra sort of 40, 50 points there for it. And you still get the place in the cherry next week. If you're in, if you're in head-to-head, you're in a must-win situation. So what's the point of holding Ponga for next week if you're going to lose this week and you're going to be out of contention? So I'm of the opinion to just take the punt and sell, sell them out because you need points this week, not next week. 
Well, I'm glad we've hit on something that we can disagree entirely on because <laughs> I disagree entirely. I um, I, I look. I guess my thing to finish up on on it is if you're playing guys like Rudolph at the moment, then you're out of everything anyway. You know, you're going to lose your head-to-heads and you're going to lose you know your rank and everything else because you shouldn't be playing guys like like Rudolph and Luai and Tanoa Brown. If you're playing guys like that, you're in real bad shape. Um, I think I think most yeah, but that, that was that was just an example because you've, you've got like guys you've got Ponga out this week you've got Barnett out this week so if you're forced into a situation where you have to play someone like that in order to hold Ponga I would tell him if you don't have to play a crap like that and you've got a half decent caliber players that are still at 65 points this week then yeah absolutely hold Ponga but if the Nijian lose head to head and play a bum then yeah get rid of him Oh, yeah, look, if you, if it's the only way that you can win a head-to-head, then you do it. But that's probably the only caveat I'll throw in there. I mean, look, under the example, like, the, you're right. No, to be a bit fair to some teams, there is some teams that are decimated. But if you're decimated, sell one of the other guys. Like, sell Barnett. Get rid of Barnett. Swallow your pride. doesn't matter if you bought him last week. Get rid of Barnett. Hold Ponga. Uh, I just think that m- most teams, I shouldn't say all, but I would say 95% of teams... Would have somebody else that they could sell in their twenty-five man squad other than Ponga to get you know to get a number for this week to get someone else in. I mean, you know, there's there's got to be other guys that you've got injured that you can punt instead. Ziggler, my guy. Mate, you say that in round twenty on the edge. when he goes two hundred points the against the Gold Coast. Jesus. All right, well, what's happening with this game? I think we're both in consensus on C on Teddy. I know I get hassled for saying the Roosters are going to win big, but this night side has gone badly with their full squad, Philly. I really can't say the Roosters not, you know, winning well, you know, maybe by 20 plus points sort of thing, potential for an absolute carve up. Oh, mate, it's going to be a smash up. I, I don't know, I don't know how much. How many? I'm just not willing to not, not back Teddy for a, a big score. All right, well, we'll agree on that one. Storm versus Cowboys, second last game. Pappenhausen is out. Huge news. Um, Hines at fullback. Um, Villavalu returns, which means Lumi Lumi, who might have been a cheap buy just for a quick play against the Cows, is uh, gone. The Cowboys, they've got the same 17 as last week, um, with Cohen Hess actually missing out despite coming back from suspension. He's not even in the top 21. So that's how far Cohen Hess has fallen from grace. Billy, I'm going to glaze over the Cowboys because we're not going to waste any um, time on them. They're not going too well at the moment. I am going to say that Valentine Holmes, my, bit of, my pod shared out for 350k last week, scored 90-odd points um, and did really well if you brought him in for a week. On the Storm side, though, Ryan Pappenhausen, he, you ha- I think you have to sell him. Like You're talking about maybe holding Ponga. I, I'd sell Pap if I had Pap. If you had Pat, yeah, you said that you got exactly the same problem as me sort of 18 weeks ago. I uh, decided to bring in, um, <laughs> bring in Valentine Holmes and he scored 90. And if I'm going to go 138 the next week, <laughs> you'd have the same problem. <laughs> oh, well, I'd, I'd get rid of Holmes next week. If I didn't own Ponga I'd, and I bought Holmes last week, I'd be getting Ponga next week, that's for sure. Uh, there's two really big, <laughs> big purchases in this. Um, they've been, I think they've been top 10 for three weeks in a row. On, uh, on Market Watch, and that's Cam Munster and Cam Smith. I'm just going to vent a little bit on the Supercoach scoring here. Cam Munster went from 50-odd points to 78 points on the weekend, and he did it on Monday. So I lost a head-to-head by one point because of Cam Munster's massive upgrade. What did he do? I, I, I didn't see the game. What, what, what did he do to warrant that? Was it this seems sort of um, line-break line break assist to the try, or was it just 48 tackle bus? 
honestly, watching the game, I, I could not figure out, and I was chatting to a few guys about this, trying to figure it out, could not figure out how he got those extra points. I'm pretty sure he got a try assist given to him, uh, but I couldn't really remember what it was. I just had to move past it because there was white hot rage. Um, but Cam Munster um, is now sub 600,000 and playing the Cowboys. Uh, I know a lot of people are jumping on Cam Smith because Cam's just lost 80 grand. So he's he's a really cheap purchase at the moment, Cameron Smith. You can get him for 587,000, which is the cheapest that he's been the entire season. Like You haven't been able to buy him that cheap all year. And he's got the Cowboys, the Tigers, and the Dragons to finish off on. So I completely get people going to Cam Smith. Um, I actually like Munster a little bit better, though. So you know, I, I don't think many people could buy them both this week. They've both got premium matchups coming. Munster's coming off his 78, um, and he hasn't actually scored below 60 for the last six weeks. So five-round average of 71, three-round average of 70, 586,000. Uh, I quite like Munster uh, as a buyer this week, and he's someone that I looked at trying to get. Yeah, I like, I like both of them. If, if I had to choose between the two, I'm not sure which one I could do. Um, I think Munster has that massive score in him, but I think Smith's going to be kicking a lot of goals the next couple of weeks. The fact that it's, um, you know, it's his last, it's his last season. Uh, maybe, maybe there's a couple sort of Kenya or Fairwell tries and tries in like the, the last game or two before coming into the finals. I, I really don't know, mate, but, um, yeah, that's the reason why I'm sort of thinking about Smith this week. Just, the goal kicking versus the Cowboys, mate. I think I think we'll be putting a few of them over. Yeah, probably will be. Um, the way Munster updated on the weekend reminded me of why he's valuable to have. He gets the superstar points for sure. They're both really good options to buy this week. Obviously, both of them yeah. come into it for for captaincy options, Billy. I mean, I wouldn't if I owned either of them. You know, I, I think they're both considerations for the armband this week for the C. Uh, I, I'd be too concerned that they're not going to get big enough, so I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't waste to see on either. Even though, even though it's a depleted cow, so I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing with Munster that worries me is that he hasn't had one of those huge games yet. He's got one ton all year, which was 105, which was funnily enough against Penrith. But he hasn't gone big in any of these games. Like, normally he's got yeah. that 130, 140, 150 game, and it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, look, the fact that Pappen Houston's out this week, um, maybe that makes a difference. Maybe he maybe can step up a bit more. Pappen's really surprised me the last two weeks with, with, um, with, those, with um, those two guys out. He's been sleeping and just doing a, doing a lot more sort of play. Um, ball playing out to, out to the left really, really ramped up his attack. Like if you go the first half of the year and he didn't score a try, he, he, he was punching 30s now. now. A couple of weeks ago, he was punching you know, mid-70s without sort of getting out of the line. So he really, really changed the attacking prowess. Yeah, Pappenhusen's basically doing what me and you thought that he was going to do when we spoke about him in the preseason. Um, it just took him yeah, three quarters of a season, really, to get there. Um, but he's doing it now, for sure. 105 and 124 the last two weeks. Although, I will say, I was laughing about this on the weekend... Uh, it, it's a bit funny that, you know, Pappenhausen, our owners, would have been like, yeah, Pappenhausen, who needs Teddy or who needs Ponga? And got 105 points, and Teddy and Ponga both outscored him <laughs> anyway, so it didn't really matter. I might have to go and have a look at the, the stats. I, uh, I think I made a, pretty sure I made a comment pre-season that he'll be in the top five, top five averaging players for the year, and you can captain the shit out of him every single week. I might, I might just go and check, see how far away he is. I'm curious. 
but he's pretty far. He's at 71 at the moment, but he could have a big finish. But um, probably not going to be top five. But if he has a big finish, yeah. he'll be he'll be right up there. I think that we're both obviously thinking that it's going to be a bit of a smash up for the Storm. Um, the Cowboys got a win last week yeah. against the Dragons and played a lot better. But even without um w- without a couple of players like Pappenhausen, they've still got Smith and Munster, but 13 plus for the um for the Storm and. Yeah, easy, mate. Easy. So, last game of the round, mate. This one is the Sharks versus Warriors. Bit of an interesting one because Sean Johnson is going to be a point of contention in this discussion. He's back. Chad Townsend suspended, though, for his shoulder charge. Wade Graham suspended for his lifting tackle. So, but Sione Katoa returns. So, a few Supercoach relevant players there. Um, for the Warriors, they've actually got George Jennings and Alvaro returning to give them a bit of depth. Other than that, there isn't much aside from Isaiah Papali'i making his reprieve start that happens once every six weeks before he gets dropped again. That's about it. So, talking about the Sharks, Sean Johnson is the man. He's actually being traded out still at the moment in the top ten. Despite him being named, he's still the ninth most traded out player at the moment, a couple percent getting rid of him. The last two weeks, a lot of people have gotten rid of him. I've actually held him, Billy. Uh, I understand if people were desperate to get rid of him, but if you own him now... I actually love this matchup against the Warriors. It's obviously his old club. Um, the, the Sharks are going to have Chad Townsend out, so Sean Johnson's going to definitely dominate the ball. They played him in round 10, and Sean Johnson put on his best score of the season of 119 points. If there was a smoky captaincy option for this round, despite him coming back from an injury, uh, I, I think it's Sean Johnson. Yeah, agree. It would be a big ball's pot to do, pot to do it, but because you've obviously got that hamstrings and the concern, all that groin, whatever it is. And in the, in the shooting maybe, maybe the best way around this might be to VC Teddy instead of Cleary, just in case. Because that way, worst case, that way, worst case scenario, you can see what Cleary's score is. You can see what Teddy's score is. Because if Cleary fails and most people's out, there's a Teddy. So if Teddy only goes to the 60 or 70, you can probably have a free a, a free stab at it. It's one of those things where his ownership's way down now after the last few weeks, and no one's going to captain him. So. Because no one's going to captain him, if if you're down in your head to head, yeah, if you're down in your head to head the first few few games, he's your hail mary to go. I need to try and catch up big, and he's a guy that might be able to catch up big. He's only in eighteen percent of teams now, and he was in like thirty five, you know, six weeks ago. So yeah, he's the pod play, Billy. You can maybe catch up with him, um, but as far as these people selling him. I cannot think of any reason why anyone's sold him this week other than maybe they haven't reversed the trades that they did before TLT. Oh, I think that's probably more of a, just a, a risk. Like, everyone is pretty much full strength you now or has the last couple of trades up their sleeves. They're at head-to-head files and they just, they just don't want to risk it so they're getting rid of him, that's all. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, to, the one negative that you might want to watch out for, everyone, is um, because it is a leg injury, the killer blow with him will be if he doesn't kick um, and there's a chance that maybe he doesn't end up kicking goals because maybe his leg either isn't... They don't want to do it straight up or maybe yeah, after, yeah. after after a few kicks, if they end up up a bit, um, they might want to go easy on his leg. So, you know, that might be something that happens. Who, Billy. who, who picked up the kicking? Um, was it Chad Townsend? Yeah, that's the thing. It was, and Chad Townsend's out as well. I'm not too yeah. sure who would end up kicking for him if he doesn't. You're ahead by that, mate. The serves he gets suspended. <laughs> Uh, I am going to throw a pod that we haven't spoken about. Um, well, I will say that I did look at Katoa. I reckon Katoa is going to score a try this week. But the pod that um, I'm just going to go is a, a super big balls pod. 
and it's a one-week rental, uh, and that's Britain Nakora. Um, so Britain Nakora, I liked against the Cowboys two weeks ago, and that's the only podcast I think I've mentioned him on all year. He scored 132 points. He only scored 48 on the weekend against Newcastle, but against the Warriors' edge, and as a New Zealander playing the Warriors as well, uh, I think that he might step up, only around 500k. If you think that he can grab a try off SJ with SJ back, uh, he might go 75 plus himself as well as a bit of a hand grenade, Billy, at 1% ownership. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, I'm, well, he, he did it a couple weeks ago against his boys. I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing what Talakai can do. I reckon if anyone's going to go for a double this week, I reckon, I reckon he's the value man. He's got a really good reprieve for owners um, with Wade Graham out he gets to start again. So if you own Talakai, um, I, I would be playing him. Yeah, he's a bit, bit of a nugget. You, you know he's going to go hard. He, he, wants, he wants a permanent position, mate. The Warriors deserve um, a bit of a shout-out. Jazz Tavaga. Um, has kept on keeping on. We were both concerned about his minutes a little bit, I think, but he is a beast. He managed to get sent to the sin bin on the weekend and still scored 58 points. Yeah, still only getting 50 minutes, but that's, that's the rubbish thing, mate. I can't get made around it. Yeah, I can't either, but he's he's still averaging 68 for the season. So, I mean, at some point, I think we have to say, you know, we're nine games in, he hasn't got the minutes, but he's still averaging 68 points. So, he's just... He's just such a beast with his, his scores. Since he's been starting... Yeah, absolute weapon, but I'd, I'd just much rather go to the 80-minute person, that's all. There's not that many locks that are going to play 80 minutes, but I will say, like, I, I much prefer going uh, Nathan Brown um, or Curtis Sirenen for some attack um, than getting Tavaga in at the moment, mainly because he's close to 600,000 now, um, and I just think it's a little bit harder. He's got Canberra next week, too. Yeah, yeah, good point. So, results on this one, mate. Do you think the Sharks are going to get up? They're a bit depleted, but they have to win. And this is going to make a big difference for the top eight, Billy, because the Sharks are hanging yeah. on by a thread and the Warriors are, are right behind them and both of them are needing to win to try and get a spot in the top eight. If the Warriors win, they'll only be two points behind Cronulla to, to get that eighth spot. Yeah, the Warriors have been playing a lot better lately. Well, I think the Sharks the Sharks need to win all this and throw themselves around, mate. I'll do what needs, needs to get done. I'll back the Sharks in this one. Yeah, I think it might be tight, but we might have a lot of points scored, and I'm going to back the Sharkies too. I must admit, I took the, I took the uh, Warriors last week over the years. Uh, oh, <laughs> what sort of fan are you? A realistic one. <laughs> I had a punters club that's um that's won 10 weeks in a row, um, or something like that. It might even be more. It might be like 12 weeks in a row or something. And uh, we started with 25 bucks anyway. We're up to like three grand, and... Um, we had it. We had half of it on. Um, what was it? There was one. It was a uh, Penrith thirteen plus. Yeah, Cleary kicked the field goal to make it thirteen plus. And then we had the Parramatta Eels to win, and just the money line for the win. And they were up sixteen nil, and it was all gravy. And then obviously the Warriors stormed back. <laughs> and we're like, oh no! <laughs> Capitulation, yeah. But we got there in the end. It was, yeah. uh, it was sweaty. It, it, it's dead to, it, it's almost like Cleary knew that you the punters were hanging on him. Because he's just 10 minutes out going, ah, 12 isn't enough. I've got you covered, boys. Thank Christ. Well, we've, we've got a fair bit to put on this week, so let's see how we go. But, Billy, thanks for jumping on again, mate. Good luck with uh, Supercoach and the Cheers, sports bet as well and the races. Thanks for having me, mate. Always fun. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can uh, download uh, or subscribe or stream on iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, definitely follow us on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Only three rounds to go. Best of luck in the second week of head-to-heads for everyone that's there. If you got knocked out, try for your overall rank. If you don't want to go for your overall rank, just have some fun. 
trading some guys that you really like or that you're going to watch while you're having a beer and put the feet up. That's what I'm going to be doing this week, uh, aside from the head-to-head finals where I'll be sweating bullets, but we'll chat about that next week. Thanks for tuning in once again.